The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. I thought long and hard about this word that I wanted to bring to you this morning, and I started writing many different sermons, but I ended up with this one. I want to bring to you a word from Genesis, a word about original shame, and a word about how we can bring glory in shame. And we're going to be looking at one of the saddest moments in human history, a very intense moment right after Eve falls into sin. And this is the origin of all of our shame. This is what God's Word has for us. This is from Genesis chapter uh, 3, and I'm going to read verses 7 and 21. If you'd like to have your Bibles open, you can do that. You can see where these, these verses are, are, the context of these verses. Here's what God's Word has for us today. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. This is God's word. Eve was so desperate in her original sin and her original shame. The feeling that she felt after she had let God down was so intense. Her eyes were so open. She was so woke, you might say that the very first thing that she had to do was so. She had to become a seamstress, you might say. And so I imagine her that she's walking through the Garden of Eden and she's feeling such an intense thing. And, and let, let me un- you need to understand this, that it wasn't just a feeling. It was more than just a feeling, that she had to do something about it. And so she saw maybe a feather lying on the ground. And she stripped the feather of its plumage. And she had a needle. And then she grabbed fig leaves And she began to sew a vine through the fig leaves, and there was so many fig leaf fails. She tried to construct a garment for herself. I don't think she really understood why. I don't think she really got the feeling that she was going through. But one thing she knew she had to hide. One thing she knew, she had to cover herself. You know, today, we've got a name for this feeling. And it's more than a feeling. 
we call it shame. I've been thinking about bringing you a sermon about shame for a really long time, for months now. But today's the day. Well before the pandemic, I, I fell asleep at home and um, an embarrassing thing happened to me. I uh, was so asleep that three little daughters decided to get out their toenail paint. And they began to paint my toes hot pink. No lie. And I was, I was you know, uh, snoring and so lost in sleep that they were able to paint all of my toenails and then they woke me up and they said, Daddy, look at your toenails. And we had a moment as a family. It was pretty funny. And for several weeks, I went around with hot pink toenails underneath my shoes. And I thought, you know, nobody's going to know about this little hot pink toenail thing until I went to my gym. I, I like to go to, to, to Blink Fitness over here on 52nd Street, and then I'll go for a run. And I was changing into my running shoes and putting on different socks, and I realized, you know, all these guys are in the locker room there with me. They're going to see my hot pink toes. And so here I am, I'm thinking in my head, these guys are going to think that I like to, you know, cross-dress or something like that. And I was ashamed. And I tried with everything that I could to hide the fact that I had hot pink toes. <laughs> You're distracting me, Elaine. <laughs> That's a shame right there. Individual shame. And, and that's, what, that's what Eve felt, but more intensely. She had to cover it up. You know, there's not just individual shame, but there's also um, corporate shame. There's, there's a shame that, that people share together as well. Diane Langberg, um, I read a book about... Uh, how to deal with trauma and, and the things that people go through. And one of the things that people with trauma go through is this thing called shame. She begins the story in her book in this way. She says she went to dungeons in Ghana. And in these dungeons in Ghana, the tour guide said, this is where they used to hold the slaves. And they would pack these male slaves into these little tiny dungeons and they would cry out to try to, to, try to get family or help or anyone to, to give them food or whatever they would need from these dungeons. And the, and the guide said to Diane, who wrote this book, the guide said, do you know what's exactly above the dungeons where slaves were held? The guide said, a Christian church. And these people, these people would actually go to church with these dungeons down below and they would have these masters that would tell the slaves to be quiet, to be silenced, so that they could worship and pray. You know what that is? 
building a church over the top of dungeons? That's shame. Nobody wants to notice it. Nobody wants to talk about it. You know, um, sometimes shame isn't caused even by something that we do like it was for Eve or for that Christian church in Ghana. Sometimes shame is actually inflicted. And a Holocaust survivor talked about this kind of shame. His name is Eli Weasel. And he is just a prolific author, and he would write in such a beautiful way. Here's what he said about shame. He said, that's the way it is. Shame tortures not just the executioners, but their victims. The greatest shame is to have been chosen. And he's right. I want you to think about that from the perspective of someone who has survived abuse or who has survived injustice or who has um, survived uh, sexual assault. One of the things that they're asking themselves is this, why me? Why was I chosen for this? Is it because I'm ugly? Is it because I'm broken? Is it because I'm somehow defective? This is what we call inflicted shame. I mean, there's all kinds of different shames we're going to talk about in the Bible study later this week, and I hope you do come to Bible study. I think this is a really important topic that we really get this about where we can see shame in our lives because it's all over the place. But what we do with shame, Eve teaches us. We take out that little plume and we strip off the feathers and we begin to construct a fig leaf garment. You know, um, there was this trainer in L.A. and uh, she was trying to cover her shame and she had just you know, the sculpted body and the tan body and everything else. And somebody went up to her and asked, I heard the story from a pastor, and asked her, who are you? And she said, I don't know. And she broke down into tears. You see, she had tried to construct this kind of fig leaf garment for herself and it wasn't working. See, here's the same thing about shame. Shame runs deeper than guilt. Guilt is something that you have done and God forgives it, but shame is who you are. Shame speaks into your life that you are broken, that you are defective, and now this is your new identity. It's what Eve felt. So we have to sew a garment of fig leaves. Some people, some people try to, to push off shame by being angry and bitter, by becoming bullies, and then they don't have to forget about how defective they really are. 
Some people try to forget about their shame by, by um, self-medicating and using drugs and pornography, but none of it works. It's almost like at, at the end of it all, there's this big pile of failed fig leaf garments. Some people who are really weighed down in shame have these scripts in their hearts. And maybe you can recognize this in your own life where when something goes wrong in their life, like at work, and they make an error and they say, I'm such a failure. They did one thing wrong and all of a sudden it becomes their identity. I'm such a failure. That's shame. Or, or think about, you know, the, 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 the girlfriend who has just broken up with her, her boyfriend and, and, and he dumped her. And then all of a sudden they come to this stunning conclusion. They say, it must be because I'm ugly. There's something wrong with me. See, that's not guilt. That's, that's shame. Shame runs deeper than guilt. Shame can be inflicted. Shame can come about because of what we've done. You know, the Lord saw all of this. This is, this is where it's so moving to see what the Lord does with Eve's shame. It, it is so moving. I mean, look at that passage. The Lord God made garments of skin. I want to think about that with you for a second. For first of all, the Lord recognized that these fig leaf garments aren't going to work, are they? They're not going to work at all. They're, they're just going to like crinkle up and die, and they're not going to even cover the nakedness and shame at all. So the Lord comes and he, and he makes garments of skin. You have to think about that. Moses doesn't get graphic. I won't either. But we have to ask the question, how did he make the garments of skin? God's creation is so perfect. You know, I think about these, these little lambs that were running around and they have their little mama sheep and, and the little lambs are going ba ba ba, and God gathers one of those little lambs, this perfect, innocent lamb. And he takes that lamb that he created with such love. And God became a butcher. And for the first time in the history of the world, blood was shed. And it was all to cover Eve's shame. And it worked. I mean, it really worked. It worked so much better than, than the fig leaf failed garment that Eve had constructed for herself. It worked. I mean, it covered her, and, and she regained just a little bit of her glory, just a little bit, and it lasted, but it not worked not only physically but spiritually because Eve knew, my God still loves me. He took that perfect little lamb And the lamb became a garment. 
glory. Not shame, glory. Sometimes in my house, I see this foretaste of regained glory. And it's been happening a lot during the pandemic. I have these little girls, and I'm going to give you some insight into what it's like to be in a house with little girls during a pandemic. Sometimes they would do these fashion shows. They would go upstairs and they'd say, Daddy, sit on the couch, and they'd turn on music, and then they'd come down the stairs in their beautiful garments, and they'd say, Daddy, look at me. Daddy, aren't I beautiful, they would say. Not shame, but glory. Glory! <laughs> To be covered, glory to know that you are loved, glory that there is no shame. I want you to think about what God has done for you. Maybe something that Eve couldn't yet see. Because he took a lamb. Think about what that meant for him. He took his own son and he said about his son, I love you. And then he hung his son on a cross. And in full public view, he suffered shame. He hung there naked. And all of the shame that we have caused, all of the shame that we have inflicted was laid on him. God's perfect lamb displayed on a cross. You know what that is? You know what Jesus' shame for us is? It's our glory. You get that? It means that God loves you, that God wants to cover you with the precious blood of Jesus, His innocent suffering and death, with Jesus' perfection. You are God's Glory. And that means everything today. No more shame, but glory. We need that today. I'm wearing this glory. So are you. And that enables us to do two things in a world like this. It enables us to say, I'm grieving what is happening in the world. I really am, but it also enables us to come to it with incredible humility and with open hearts and open ears, knowing that we have been forgiven and that our shame is covered. I invite you to do that. It is to our glory that we listen that we pray, and that we learn to love again. You are covered. And that is the glory that we have. Sure.